When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Podbean. Podbean. No, we're not on Podbean. Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's the first time I've screwed that up. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, subscribe to Off the Floor, $3.05 per month. Text directly to your phone, bypass X, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, spreads, threads, whatever it's called. Get text directly from Alex, myself, Brady, and Greg. Insights about the team, special Q&As, prize picks, contests, and more. Again, it's $3.05 per month. Winnow.app backslash off the floor. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes prize picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. FIBA basketball going on right now. They've got all of it up on prize picks. Make sure you get in the night before because that's when the best props get on there. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And of course, you can play the NFL futures, NFL regular season games, MLS, Messi. MMA, it's all on there. Go to prize picks. Use the code F-I-V-E. And now, today's episode. Down to this uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And if you listen to a previous podcast that I was on, you're familiar with this guy, but you should be familiar with him from SB Nation, Forbes Sports, fan side, and I do not know why he's doing this if he's a JD candidate, but you can follow him at Matt Issa 15 Again, that's Matt Issa 15 That's one T. And we brought him on because everybody has been asking us about Christian Wood. And Greg had a report uh, about two weeks ago that if, if the Heat get Dame, that Wood was likely coming. And one of the reasons for that is because Jovic would likely go out. Now, we'll see what ends up happening there and if Joe Cronin decides to budge and if Dame's interview with Mark Spears made any difference, and we discussed that on a previous episode. But either way, Christian Wood does not appear to be the kind of player who should still be out there at this late date without a team. This is a player who was pretty highly coveted when he was in Detroit. He's bounced around in a couple spots since then, seemed to lose favor in Dallas. I would follow all these writers, Matt and Dallas, who would be saying, why isn't Christian Wood playing more? Um, but it seemed like Jason Kidd just didn't like him. Uh, and so we want to get into the reasons why 
And I also want to get into, obviously, your article where you think that at this point, he's kind of become an overhated player. Uh, is that a fair way to put this? Yeah, I think so. I think it's um, there's like a similar line of uh, similar line of player kind of that um, they just like fall into this vacuum where they might, you know, they might be a little bit rough around the edges. Um, they might have just been in a bad situation. Who knows? Um, and yeah, people just kind of take that and they're like turn into a bunch of things that it's really not and kind of, you know, lose the forest for the trees. Is that is that the metaphor? Right. Or. I think so. Yes. Forest for the trees. Honestly, it's amazing because that that's like a, a running bit when it comes to me, because I'm constantly screwing up like commonly used phrases. Yes. So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. perfect. It's the forest from the lakes, according to Alex. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. But why is that? Why do you think that that's happened? Why do I think that's happened? Um, okay, so he I think people I think this is just like in general, like I think fans, um depending on how they feel about a player, they over index on their strengths or they over index on their weaknesses, not understanding that every player, you know, just like you it's just like, you know, your friends, your family. We have our strengths, we have our weaknesses, you know, there's certain thing like that you really like about one friend or you really hate about one friend. And I think people over-index a lot on Christian Wood's weaknesses, which would be, you know, he's not like a incredibly laterally gifted mobile big man in today's era. Um, he, you know, apparently is a little rough around the edges in the locker room. Um, he's not like he plays. Okay. So I think the biggest weakness would be that he plays a position where defense is the most important and that's not his strong suit. So people take that and are like, okay, he's not worth anything. You know, like he's he's still a free agent. And I know part of it's like um like Sam Quinn of CBS, he uh, read my article, he quote tweeted and he said um he said something along the lines of it's more like a situational kind of thing. I think he's waiting to see how the damn thing plays out. And that wasn't my reason for writing the article was saying that all 30 teams were being silly not signing him. I understand that there's some there's more to it than that. But I think it was more of a response to kind of the reaction I was seeing from just like people who watch the game and how low they'd become on Christian Wood, where it's like, yeah, he's a flawed player, but that doesn't mean like his strengths can't be used in a way, you know, where you have him on your team and you're making a deep playoff run. You know what I mean? The Miami Heat just made a deep playoff run. They had, every guy on the roster had some flaws, you know? Um, so that's kind of kind of what i'm seeing i mean it's a great point that you're making there um especially when you talked about you know people kind of um overemphasizing weaknesses when they don't like a guy or overemphasizing strengths when they want you know mm -hmm. their team to sign a guy for example and i think christian wood is an awesome you know uh kind of barometer for that line of thinking just because um, i think people who really like him see the production when you just look at a stat line right you look at a guy who who will give you that type of production night in and night out and he, he can really shoot the ball and then the people who don't like him are always going to talk about how you know when you like how you mentioned the lack of mobile agility i just think he kind of gets the reputation of you know bad attitude um maybe locker room cancer those types of like labels get thrown onto people and, and i feel like he's had a weird career in a sense where like he kind of started to show out in detroit and i think there was he had more um projected upside back then he was more exciting i think newer younger all those things he mm -hmm. got a couple of seasons in houston where he really got to 
you know, get real playing time um, over a couple of years. And then they kind of got him out of there. So, you know, for me, I look at things, I look at those two things like, well, was it he played in a bad situation or was it this young team that could have theoretically had the leash on him, let him go? And is that a red flag? But then when it comes to this situation, right, like you said, it's the Miami Heat who have, you know, been very you may know something about, you know, quote unquote, bad locker room guys. You know, you might yeah. remember remember when Jimmy Butler was a bad locker room guy once upon a time. There you go. Exactly. So that's why it's hard to take a lot into these types of labels. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, when it comes to the, the Heat, who've been very successful in the Jimmy Butler era, you know, not to mention before that, um, it, it's a team that seems like they have a use for him. They have a use for his skill set. A lot of the fans have been wanting um, kind of the return of the shooting big next to Bam and I think a lot of people rejoiced when Kevin Love signed and he had his big moments in the playoffs as well. And I think because of that, people are like, well, you can get kind of Kevin Love plus out of Christian Wood because um, Kevin Love, when you look at kind of their shot, the, the shot profile he had with the Heat and, and in general last year, it was very much three-centric, right? Whereas you look at Christian Wood, is he had a pretty good volume, not as high as Kevin Love from three, but still pretty good, pretty high volume. And then also, you know, took a good amount of shots inside the arc, whether at the rim, in the mid-range, and did it pretty efficiently. And you went into the efficiency there in your article and mm-hmm. went into some of the on and off stuff, which I found really interesting. You mentioned that, um, you know, his on and off wasn't great if you just put him by himself. But when you put him next to Luca and then put him next to uh, Josh Green, put him next to Maxi Kleber and kind of basically the Mavericks best players, they had a, a, an awesome net rating in each one of those different pairings. And when you started adding more, it's like, OK, yeah it does lend to the idea that he could be um, that he could be a valuable piece on a team that is, you know, aiming to win. And that was really the first time we've seen Christian Wood in that type of role. Obviously he didn't have a consistent role throughout the season. So I just kind of, I know I've been rambling here, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on all of that. Just how valuable do you think he can be in kind of a, a conservative stretch big role for a team that may not have, that many minutes for him because you look through the, the heat's front court rotation it's a little bit crowded right now mm-hmm. let's see okay so here's how i think about it every every um player in the nba they have trade-offs right for christian wood you the negative trade-off we've talked about it he needs like a sound defensive infrastructure around him because of his weaknesses as a defender right um but the the plus to that is like you can give because if you think about it though usually if you look at a team their five-man lineup their weakest offensive player is usually one of their big men, right? Christian Wood's not going to be, unless you have like one of the best offenses in the league as your starting five, Christian Wood's probably not going to be your weakest offensive player, right? So what you lose from having a position where you really need defense, not be there, but you're gaining it in offense that you wouldn't normally get. So you can put less offense on the floor elsewhere to kind of make up for those defensive weaknesses, where in Dallas, they didn't they didn't really build around that. And I don't think they – I mean, I'm not saying he's the type of player you need to build around, but I'm just saying, like, they put offensive first guys around an offensive first big man, and, you know, it didn't work out for them. That four-man lineup I quoted, um, I cited in the article with Josh Green, Maxi Kleber, Luka Doncic. Obviously, I think Luka Doncic just was the perfect partner for him on offense with their pick-and-roll game and all the looks he was able to create for Christian Wood, and I think they had really good synergy – and then the reason I wanted Josh Green and Maxi Kleber to be the two guys is because they represent more of these 
defensive minded players. Um, I think Max Kleber, like when he's healthy, is like the perfect guy to pair next to Christian Wood because he can switch and rim protect. Um, kind of like you know a fellow you guys are very well familiar with, uh, Bam Adebayo. Um, so with the Miami thing, they they do that. They they have a very sound defensive infrastructure, and they need to juice it with more offense. You can plug like a Christian Wood in there in that Kevin Love role. And while they are different players, Kevin Love, I think he's got more guile, um, more like veteran savvy than Christian Wood. But I think Christian Wood's more athletic. I think he's a better shooter at this point. Kevin Love's jumper was kind of fading um, last season. I think it was, I don't remember his percentage off the time, but I thought he was like mid 30s or something while Christian Wood's like in the higher 30s now. Um, now I'm rambling, but you, you see where I'm getting at here, where I think it's a much more. Um, solid fit for him and his skills for sure i i I completely agree with you that like it's a great fit and especially when you you know have to factor in the you know the fact that he'll be coming at the veteran minimum potentially Mm -hmm. like there is he'd be they'd be getting him you win in this league by paying below market value for players right 100 and he'd have already and and ethan mm -hmm. mentioned this on a recent pod like they, they corner the market on undrafted players and, and getting value out of that. And they've done an awesome job at that over the years, creating rotation players out of thin air, seemingly this time. And, you know, like they just did this summer with Josh Richardson, you you're getting a guy who's kind of a proven capable rotation player, getting him at the veterans minimum. And if you do happen to pull that off, not to mention, you know, the, you know, the potential of adding a Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. it's guys who have proven themselves in this league before coming in at the veterans minimum in the middle of their careers, like all of these guys are uh, what Ouch. Christian Wood is like 27, Uber mm-hmm. 28, something like that. You know what I mean? It's not like you're, you're getting these guys who are proven, but have been around our journeymen and are maybe towards the end of their careers. So I, I think it would be great value. I agree with you that the heat have the perfect defensive infrastructure mm-hmm. to really give Christian Wood a shot. And I think that there is a lot of upside there because if it works out and he's really, um, you know, if he is committed to the defensive end where he's trying and he's not just getting lost or anything like that. I think that's a good enough baseline given the offensive stuff that he's giving you where he could get a real role, like a, a, a role where it's not just, okay, he gets plugged in here and there in the regular season. Spo doesn't really trust him. We mentioned on the playback, what if it turns out to be big man, Gerald green, because a lot of heat fans were excited when they signed Gerald green back in 2016. And they had some of those similar types of qualities. Spo ended up, going away from him as the season went on because of, you know, the defensive uh, liabilities and defensive issues that he had. And I personally, I'm really high on the idea of the heat adding Christian mm-hmm. Wood at the minimum, because there's just no risk. Like if it doesn't work out, if they don't like um, his commitment to the defensive end or whatever the case may be, they don't think the offense is worth it because Spo doesn't really like to play two bigs very often. So like mm-hmm. already playing love with Bam is a lot for him. So at that point you might have to commit to playing both of them, how do you work out that rotation? Not to mention all the times that he likes to play small with Caleb or a Highsmith at the four, or Jimmy at the four. Um, but again, it feels like the perfect spot where like he gets a role, shows out, and then maybe gets paid next summer by another team. And I don't know, it feels kind of like the stars are aligning, right? It, it, it's it's a great role for him, I think. And uh, it will be a valuable addition the heat, well, in my opinion. well, I I think you've made the the point there, and 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 this is the thing when when they've taken the minimum guys they've typically had have been these kind of diamonds in the rough, you know, undrafted free agent types where they take one skill and they try to develop that skill and make the guy competent in some other areas, but there ends up being a ceiling to a lot of those players, 
or it's the guy towards the end of his career, like, you know, Kevin Love, et cetera, that they're able to pay a little bit less. And the Heat have done well with both of those. There's only one case I can think of in the past, like 10 years, where they signed a guy pretty close to the minimum who had lottery type talent, or at least first round pick type talent. And that was Dion, actually. And for as much as we like to laugh about how things played out at the end and they shouldn't have paid him, they got a hell of a season out of Dion before they paid him. And they did it at one at $2.7 million. Um, I just want to go through this a little bit because I want to get into the defensive stuff with you, Matt, because that's that and so attitude. Really quick, though, isn't that funny, though? Like it can it's kind of the thing that we're questioning here, right? Is it going to be Dion or is it going to be Joe Green? Well, but as long as it's Dion for one year, right? Like that's all that this has exactly. to be for a team trying to win a championship is, I mean, they, they've taken shots on the Eddie Curry's of the past or, or the Greg Odin's and that didn't work out because of injury issues, but this is not an injury issue with Christian Wood. This is apparently is a perception issue, a defensive issue and that kind of stuff. But I mean, I'm looking through some of the numbers that you posted here, Matt. Uh, he spent last season in the 84th percentile in scoring volume. That's measured by points uh, scored per 75 possessions. You got these numbers off thinkingbasketball.net. 89th percentile in scoring efficiency as measured by true shooting. And I thought this was interesting too. He shot 39% on his non-garbage time three-point attempts. So this idea that he was kind of a looter in a riot, at least from an efficiency standpoint, does not appear to be accurate. Um, and you said that was 77th percentile among bigs, according to cleaning glass. And on top of that, 97% of his threes were assisted. And I think this is a good point because I think there is a perception of him. That he's going to hijack your offense. We, we watched this on playback. We saw this. Too. He was basically spotting up, waiting for opportunities outside the three point line. He's not just jacking stuff up. So on the other side of the break, we'll get into the defense, but offensively, when you mention, okay, if you can bracket him with bam, let's say Caleb is still here. You've got bam, you've got Caleb, You've got Josh Richardson uh, potentially out there with him. I mean, at least three plus defenders or Jimmy instead of Caleb. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or both out there together. Right. Or even some Haywood Highsmith maybe playing the three. Um, it would seem to me that you would be able to protect him that way. But I, I just, before we get to the defensive stuff on the other side and the perception stuff, I mean, offensively, this is, he's pretty close. I mean, to an elite level scorer mm -hmm. in, in small doses. Did you um? Did you see? I, I made a note in there, just as an aside. I thought it was interesting that like his volume and efficiency, um, split that eighty fourth percentile volume, eighty ninth percentile volume was much higher than Laurie Markinen's the year before. You know, he had this huge all star surge, and I mean, obviously, you know, the, whenever you archetype players, you lose some nuance, but they are similar, like type offensive first really tall guys with ball skills who can, you know, shoot, shoot the, the nylon off the net. Right. Um, and obviously Laurie Markinen has gotten better. I think he's a better defender than Christian Wood, but just like you can get, you know, you're getting like a, a poor man's Laurie Markinen right now. And that's, I mean, at this like stage of the game um, with like the defensive infrastructure you have in place and like historically um, you guys, you know, we were talking about, like, is the, is he going to defend? Historically, if you look at these guys with, like, bad defensive reputations and you put them in winning situations, they, like, they become, like, serviceable. You know, like, I think the the example that's kind of coming to my head right now is, like, you know, when the Bulls first got together, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, they're like, all these guys can't defend. And lo and behold, you know, they, they, def they can defend okay in a team concept when they know that they're going to be playing with a good basketball team. Um, changes the math, you know? So I don't, I'm not really that worried about him being able to kind of fit into what Spo needs him to do. 
Um, he's a long guy. Again, being long in this league is very helpful. Um, and I also, not to get uh, to put the cart before the horse, I don't know if we were going to touch on this, but, I mean, he does have some some skills on defense. It's not like he can't do anything, you know? So, yeah, I like this fit a lot. I want to get into some of those skills on defense uh, from Matt's article here. Before we do want to mention a couple more great sponsors, the five reasons sports network, our betting partner, our legal betting partner is better edge. Use the code five RSN, get $20 to play legal in 45 States, including the state of Florida. Cause you're betting against others who use it. You're not betting against the app or against the bookie. And again, cause it's based in Minneapolis instead of Costa Rica, you got a pretty damn good chance of getting your money. You will actually get your money. Actually. That's the big difference with better edge. So go to betteredge.com, Use the code five RSN. We also want to mention our friend Lynette, Get your life insurance, your car insurance, your renter's insurance, your homeowner's insurance from insurancebylanette.com. Two N's, two T's. Biggest Heat fan we know as well. You find us on all of our streams. Go to insurancebylanette.com for A, aggressive insurance. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, You don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard. So better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German engineered blades made in their own factory. So they stay sharp longer. means you can use them Longer and also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to Harry's.com backslash five. That's Harry's.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, Don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I want to get back to the defensive part here, and then I'll let Alex jump back in. I mean, you mentioned this. He's 6'10 with a 7'3 wingspan. Um, he finished 70%, 70th percentile in block percentage. He did it without fouling a ton. 
also, and also opponents shot 4.6 percentage points worse at the rim against the Mavs when Wood was on the floor compared to when he was on the bench. Uh, that's 90th percentile. I mean, this does, I don't want to offend Alex here. He's going to get upset. This is not Michael Beasley stuff here, oh, like okay. completely lost in space. Like it, it does seem like uh, a, there's some tools it, is the issue. I mean, again, is it perception? Is it desire? Like, what do you see when you watch him? What, what does it say beyond well, just the numbers? So I didn't include this in the article because it's counterintuitive to the message of the article, but you have to think the one like little bit of context I'll put in there is like, again, it's relevant. It's relative to the Mavericks defense when he's on and off the floor. So like they all, they don't have like other good options as like big men. So you know, if Dwight Powell's out there instead of him, you see, so he's better than Dwight Powell at rim protecting. Basically, it's not like it's not like he's like 90th percentile in rim protecting. Just just for people out there kind of hearing those numbers, like, wait, is he an elite rim protector? No, but um, I think the the thing is, again, it's really about infrastructure. He's not he's not the kind of guy who can anchor your defense. You know, he's not that kind of guy. But I think he has like skills to contribute to a defense with good infrastructure. And the Miami Heat have one of the best defensive infrastructures of the last 10 years, you know, um, with Eric Spolster, with Bam Adebayo, with all the crazy zone stuff they do. Um, so I think that's really what it is, is that he's not like somebody who can, who can build your house, but he can live in it, you know? So speaking of living in that house, because again, I, I do think they've got such like the Heat have got such good defensive personnel to put around mm. him, but that also I mean, limits, I guess, I guess um, the type of lineups he can be in, and that's where some of my skepticism comes in as to how he's able to get the consistent minutes. Because I'm worried about looking at him as somebody who Spo might only feel comfortable throwing out as somebody next to Bam. Um, but when I start thinking about all the backup fives. The Heat have had, you know, throughout this Jimmy era when it comes to Deadman, Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could throw um, Orlando Robinson a couple months that he had last season too. He does a lot of creative things to hide them. He, he, they're constantly, you know, they're, they're thrown in zone a lot, the backup centers. They're thrown in, you know, kind of aggressive show and recover type of things, blitzing. Um, so they're never – I think it would be a really good spot for him in that way. Like if they did try, trot him out as a backup five, maybe you put him in, you know, lineups where you've got Caleb and Highsmith as the other front court pieces. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, That's the thing. You can – not to cut you off, but like you can play Highsmith more now at the four or, you know, have I think that's going to happen. I think he's he's in line exactly. for, for more minutes this season. Mm-hmm. Because you um, have wood shooting now. So you don't have – like Highsmith can be – you can have one non-shooter on the floor, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And I think yeah. Highsmith does enough as a cutter with, with that activity there. And, you know, just hitting the couple of open threes he might get. I don't think he's a complete zero out there as a spacer. Not a, very much of a positive one, but I don't think he's, I don't know, whatever whatever um, kind of bottom of the league spacer that people are worried about as a shooter. I don't think he's that bad. But to your point, I think it's one of those things where they've done so much um, with their backup fives to, to kind of cover them up on defense and with the personnel they have um, on the perimeter, Caleb Highsmith, now Josh Richardson, not to mention Jimmy, like there's a, there's a lot of optionality there. And I wonder how his minutes would get split up, how many of them would be next to Bam or not, how many of them would be next to Jimmy or not. Um, because you mentioned in your article, he only had 45% of his minutes last year with the Mavericks next to Luca, And that's where I had like – 
kind of all these thoughts go through my head is how do you figure out how much of his role is with the best players versus without? Because I think some of the kind of um, the projection with him will be that he can give you a scoring spark off the bench, but would it be better for him to play with the best players? Maybe you bring love off the bench and he can kind of be this, you know, alongside being a stretch big as a five, he's also kind of a passing hub and it'll be the same thing. You put the defensive guys next to him and Wood is the starter instead. How do you feel about the way that his role would fit on the heat and how you manage the rotation and the lineups there? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I could see him again, like, because, because of Bam, he can play, he can start right at the four. You can slide him at the four. I feel confident about that. Um, It just really, I guess it, that's more of a, I think it's going to be between him and the franchise. What's going to, because if he is like really like an abrasive guy, like I'm sure he's, He's going to be a little bit particular that he plays, you know, X amount of minutes or whatever. If he can just be like, if he's comfortable being like their supercharged role player off the bench, 20, 25 minutes a night, then, I mean, I, I could see that for him. If he wants to be a starter, I could see a world where they kind of carve out a lineup with him in the starting lineup. Um, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that might be between him and kind of the organization and Spo kind of figuring out, how much do I? How much rope do I have to give this guy to get this guy to do what I want, which is to buy in on defense? Another thing, really quick before we close, um, that I was kind of thinking about with him is we talked a lot about the shooting, and I know I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. kind of what he can do inside the arc. There, there's some stuff with him, um, and, and we went through a lot of the stuff on the playback against for anybody that isn't watching playback.tv slash five rsn. We've been active there. We did a Christian Wood playback. Uh, we're gonna do some Ubre stuff soon, I believe. Uh, anyways, I I was really intrigued by the dribble drive stuff, the way that he can kind of play off the catch, which is uh you know a lot of that is where Caleb Martin shined in the playoffs when kind of guys were playing off of him, the way that he was able to attack, you know, relentlessly. He's not Caleb Martin. He's not going to attack in that same way, but he is somebody who is not just a spot up big. He can kind of uh, play off the catch and attack from there, and it's really hard to have somebody six ten with seven three wingspan who's pretty skilled with the ball relative to, you know, other bigs, other role playing bigs um, coming at you there. And I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to get your opinion on how you feel about that aspect of his game and also what he can do as a passer, not that he's an elite passer or anything like that, but you know, looking at his assist percentage, it's not too bad. Like for a big man, like it, it seems like he's got a little bit more to his game than the reputation that is kind of lent to him of being this offensive dynamo who just wants to get shots up and doesn't play defense. Yeah, um, I didn't put this in the article, but I think off the top of my head, I think he was 81st percentile in uh, true shooting on drives last season. Um, and that's his, uh, you know, big dude. He he can he's got ball like it's he's he's just such a I don't know he's got such like a unique skill set for his size. Like he comes with like damaging trade offs for a guy that's that big. Like he's not a good defensive big man, you know, but he's one of the most skilled offensive bigs in the league, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways. Like, you know, you can play, like you said, you can attack closeouts. Um, I think, I, I I don't know, I need to watch more off the top of my head how I feel about his passing, um, especially on the move. But, um, like, he's he's dynamic, though. He would give them something that, you know, they just didn't have last year. He's a willing passer is, is I think, what yeah, I want. he's to definitely willing. Like, that, that's he's all. Not, like, he's not a are... – what's the word? He's not a black hole on offense. Yeah. He's not white side. He's he's not white side. Is, can we can we say that? I think that's a fair way to go. It's okay if I take on white side here. Alex doesn't like when I take on Beasley. Uh, Matt, I'm going to close here. I, I appreciate your time. Follow me, Matt, Issa. Uh, 
15 and, and all of his work there and all of his various outlets. Uh, but I'll just throw this at you and, uh, and just get your, your final thought on that. Kelly Oubre and Christian Wood are both out there right now. They both seem to be waiting for something. Similar labels. Maybe it's the Miami Heat that they're waiting on. Maybe it's the Dame trade. If you could have one, who would you take? Christian Wood. Okay. Um, pretty clearly, yeah. No hesitation um, on that one. Yeah, I mean, I think Kelly Oubre is kind of – his reputation as a defender has been a little overstated. Um, but I, I will say, though, like, there is value in, like, um, like last year when everybody was hurt, he was kind of getting a lot of, like, on-ball reps. And I feel like there's something there's something valuable just getting those repetitions – um, I think he's got a little bit more on-ball game than like that archetype would suggest, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd still take Christian. He's just so he's like a unicorn for that side. He is, he's Laurie Markin in light to me mm-hmm. offensively. You yeah, know, the veteran's minimum. Yeah, at, at the veteran, he's. I was doing. I I cited this in the article as well, but I was like, you know, appraising him at something like a nine, fifteen million a year. If you can get him at like whatever it is, three million dollars a year, that's that's how you win in this league. You know, is by going under the market and and yeah and the key thing here is if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out i mean that's the thing they have other options they can go to and 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 he is at the he's at the point too that like if you don't make it work within organization eventually particularly an organization like the miami heat your next stop is china like that's how this typically works like i mean i mean in in all serious with the skill set or not if you know you only get so many go rounds at this and it didn't work in the last two organizations he goes to miami and he can't find playing time there I, you know, I don't know where you go after that. So it seems like a good investment on both parts, actually. I'll say this um, as a close. I think he's closer in terms of like his encore production to being like a, in the top, I want to say top third of players in the league, right? It's so like a starter caliber player than he is to China. Right. Definitely closer, closer to that. Um, okay. I think he's good. I think he's really good. All right. Well, let's let's see how it goes. Matt, we appreciate your work. You're good at what you do. So everybody check him out. Matt, he's a 15. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to our sponsors, Aggressive Insurance, Better Edge, and Prize Picks. We'll be back with more episodes throughout the week. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.